Hi there, how are you? Have you had a lovely day? I have. I went into school and taught for the, the whole day. Um, and I had six people in my class. It was brilliant. I think Tom Watson spoke for literally the whole day. Literally the whole day. Um, he was very excited. Um, and I was very excited. It was brilliant to, to see everybody. Absolutely fantastic. Um, so, yeah, I was up up in room 230, which I think is that a history class or a geography class. I'm not sure. Or is it maths class? I'm not sure. Don't know. Um, so, yeah, so it was brilliant. It was really, really good. And so um, what happens is kids come in I'm already upstairs so I'm upstairs and um, got the room ready so all the all of the computers ready on the desks and then the kids come in um, and they have to go and wash their hands um, and then they come up the stairs come and sit down places they already know where they are um and then um they do some work today it was let me think french and then it was um, maths i think and then they had break so before they went to break they washed their went and washed their hands and then went down to break, um, and we, you know, we take them down to break. It's all very controlled. Um, somebody comes and gets us, and then we go down to break, and then um, um, everybody gets uh, taken into the courtyard, and then we, the kids, go and wash their hands again, and then we go back up to the classroom. Um, and then after that it was science until uh, lunchtime now at lunchtime people go and wash their hands again um, and they can have um, food that they brought in or um, Food that um, is brought up from the kitchens and they eat that in the classrooms and then we'll go downstairs um, for them to go and then have is it half an hour I think it's half an hour I think we were longer to be honest with you um, lunch um, and then we come back in for um, it's it was like a comprehension type thing. We did a quiz today. Um, I found a quiz for us to do, which Tom Watson won. Um, it was a, it was a draw be- between him and Layla, and he he just pipped her, and poor Layla is in there with with five boys 
but she seems, you know, she's very, she seems to control them all rather well. And um, then, then we did, then it's creative time. So we watched some theatre. Um, we're not going to watch theatre every day, um, but we watched theatre today. Um, and then it was time for home. It just went so quick. Went so quick. Um, and hopefully the kids didn't mind me being there. I really enjoyed being there. Uh, it was just lovely to be in the school and in the classroom. I really enjoyed it. So, yeah, that's what I did today. Then I stayed um, behind and uh, did some work and then came home. It was really lovely. Just really great. So, if you've got any questions that you want me to ask or if you want me to get in touch with, with any of your teachers, just email me and I'll, I can do that for you. So, that's karen.vanderhoven at turnerschools.com yeah if you've got any worries or any questions anything just email me and I, I can help you out with that okay so we are at sonnet 86 so let's have a read of sonnet 86 alright was it the proud full sail of his great verse bound for the prize of all too precious you that did my ripe thoughts in my brain in hearse making their tomb the womb wherein they grew was it his spirit by spirits taught to write above a mortal pitch that struck me dead no neither he nor his compeers by night giving him aid my verse astonished he nor that affable familiar ghost which nightly gulls him with intelligence as victors of my silence cannot boast i was not sick of any fear from thence but when your countenance filled up his line then lacked I matter that enfeebled mine. So, yes, this is the last, you'll be pleased to hear, the last sonnet talking about the rival poet. So let's go through it. Was it the proud full sail of his great verse, bound for the prize of all too precious you, that did my ripe thoughts in my brain in hearse, make, making their tomb the womb wherein they grew? Was it the ambitious and impressive poem that my rival wrote for you that discouraged me from writing my own poem, killing my thoughts before I could put them into words? Was it his spirit, by spirits taught to, uh, to write, above a mortal pitch that struck me dead? Was it his creative power, aided by the spirits of all the dead authors he's read, so that he writes better than any mortal should, that stunned me into silence? 
No, neither he nor his compeers, by night giving him aid, my verse astonished. No, it was neither him nor those friends of his who visit him at night and help him, who silenced me with amazement. He nor that affable familiar ghost which nightly gulls him with intelligence, as victors of my silence cannot boast. Neither him or that friendly little ghost that tricks him with false information each each night can boast that they're responsible for my silence. I was not sick of any fear from thence. I wasn't sick because of any fear of them. But when your countenance filled up his line, then I lacked matter that enfeebled mine. But when you looked favourably on his writing and thus made it even better, then I suddenly had nothing to say and you made my writing feeble. So, let's have a look at this. Firstly, the first thing to note is, so, so it's, um, the first thing is, unlike the previous sonnets, dealing with the rival poet. This last sonnet is um, is dealing uh, in like with the with the rival po- poets, you know, dealing with the rival poet um, is written in the past tense. So when we're talking about him, when so when Shakespeare is talking about the past about the poet it's all about you know it's was it you know it's talking about um it's talking about the whole situation in the past you know it's all very reflective so this shows that this situation has finished and the rival is no longer a threat Um, up to this point, the rival was seen to be gaining on Shakespeare for the young youth's face, uh, affection, and his encouragement, the face encouragement of the rival poet, had deflated Shakespeare's mm, let's call it writing juices. Okay, so when he writes, but your countenance filled up his line, then lacked I matter that enfeebled mine. So when he when he's writing that, you know, he's saying, when I wrote about your face, you know, um, he's you know he's saying when you when your countenance filled up his line then lacked I matter that enfeebled mine he is saying 
he's talking about the rival poet and he's saying he's, it's kind of more than it, it kind of saying that um, it kind of shattered his confidence he's kind of saying um, that the rival poet by using up um, when, when he was talking about your face he when the rival poet talked about your face he used you you were used you were used up um, and I had nothing therefore I had nothing to write about you were soiled and therefore I had nothing to write about um, and I was an enfeebled um, so in this he talks about you know, you can just hear how sarcastic he's being. Was it the proud, full sail? He's reverted back to Sonnet 80, I think it is, where he's talking, right at the beginning, where he's talking in, in naval terms again. You know, was it the proud, full sail of his great verse, bound for the prize of all too precious you? So he's, you know, he's he's creating this bombastic verse. However, you know, that that kind of um, over-the-top praise is obviously creating this image of a very sort of shallow boast because of his, he didn't win, did he? Shakespeare's still there. Um, and here, where he's talking about, was it his spirit, by spirits taught to write above a mortal pitch that struck me dead? No, neither he nor his compeers by night. Um, and then he talks about an affable, familiar ghost, which lightly gulls him with his intelligence. So there he's talking about some sort of witchcraft or, you know, some sort of devilry. A familiar is some is like a black cat or something um, which the devil would use to um, to go and talk to, to somebody to, to tempt them um, do I do, you know do I think that he really thought that the devil was coming to the rival to no I don't I think he's just um, you know I don't really think he, he thinks that at all. I just think that he's being snidey. You know, was it his spirits by spirits taught to write? You know, he doesn't think that he, that he doesn't think that this other author, playwright could have these ideas by himself because he's saying by spirits taught to write. So it's obviously not his ideas. He's he's stolen the ideas from dead writers, um, and he's being helped by devils. Yeah, and he you know and he's saying so. It wasn't the fact that I was scared of him. 
you know, as victors of my silence cannot boast. I was not sick of any fear from thence. So don't think that I was scared of this um, rival. That's not the reason why I went silent. It was just that I was just a bit disgusted by the fact, by one, the fact that his poetry was so disgusting. And two, the fact that you were letting this awful poet write poetry about you so that that's essentially what he's saying so he's having a like a sort of double swipe at the poetry at the standard of poetry and you know he, you know in saying by letting him write this awful poetry you were you you know you were a bit soiled So, so the great, so the rival poet has gone We'll move now to see what other conundrum goes on. Maybe he'll be happy for a bit because he's won. What do you think? We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. So 87 tomorrow. Maybe he'll be, maybe he'll be jolly for a little bit we'll see but probably tomorrow 87 there'll be more talk of wrinkles right so today um we're going to have um poem by somebody called john argard john argard um and um it's a poem about being a damsel in distress. Um, but it's with a twist. John, Ar- John Argard uh, was born in 1949 uh, in British Guyana. Uh, he is an Afro-Guyanese playwright, poet and children's writer, now living in Britain. He loved to listen to the cricket when he was younger, sorry, the cricket commentary, and began making up his own, which led to the uh, love of a language. Um, And 2012, love of uh, of the language, of the British language, uh, English language, British language, English language. In 2012, he was selected for the Queen's Medal for Poetry, sorry, the Queen's Gold Medal for Poetry. But I found this poem, I just love it. It is called Damsel in Distress Rap. Damsel in Distress Rap. Okay. Bring on your shining armour, dude. I'll be your damsel in distress with attitude. I'll turn your hunk to butter in a flutter of mascara. Flood you in promises of happy ever after. I'll lay my head on your chest as I put you to the test. Spoon feed your ego's ear with sweet nothingness and whisper you're the best cause it looks like you're the type who'll believe in hype of the damsel in distress. 
If I give you my number, will you kiss me out of slumber? If I shed a tear or two, will you speed it to my rescue? So bring on your shining armour, dude. I'm your damsel in distress with attitude. I love that. Definitely love that. Because there are certainly uh, people who like to rescue you, even though you don't want to be rescued. People who want to fix you, even though you don't particularly want to be fixed. Um, it does, you know, I'm quite capable of fixing things myself. Thank you. Sometimes you need a good cry and a stomp, and then and then you can fix it yourself, can't you? So I really like that. Um, yeah, very cool. Right, guys, um, I'm going to go. I shall be in school tomorrow. So if you want anything done at all, give me a shout. Let me know. Um, I'm going to be in all week. So, yeah, let me know. Hope you're okay. Yeah, hope you're all right. Uh, stay in, apart from when you're going out and about um, on your walks, etc. Uh, stay well, sun cream up babies because it's going to be hot 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 this week and stay gorgeous right uh yeah take care bye bye